Good afternoon. This is Pastor Randolph Anderson of This Is For You Ministry. Today is Wednesday, February 15, 2023. And the Lord has been good to us all. Amen. Good in many, many ways that we really cannot count them all. If we think about the life that he has given us in, in the natural, and we think about the life that we can attain because of Jesus going to Calvary's cross and dying in, in the, as in our place. It should have been us, but it, he died in our place, amen, to demonstrate the love of God toward the world. But nevertheless, that was good within itself. It was the greatest thing that could have ever happened. It was the greatest experience that I had attained in knowing who Jesus Christ, my Savior, really was. Amen and amen. The Lord had placed upon my heart uh, to look at every parable that was spoken by Jesus. There are about 36 parables that Jesus has spoken. And we, we want to know why Jesus spoke those parables. What was in those parables? Because we understand Jesus never spoken a vain word. Everything he's spoken had meaning, had purpose. So what was those parables all about? And my heart has been going after that. Today, we're going to address the first parable, which is entitled the parables of the two debtors. The parables of the two debtors. So get your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 7, verse 41 to 43. And let's study together from the word of God. Praise Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Luke chapter 7. And the scripture reads, beginning at verse 41, there was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed him 500 pence and the other 50. And, they, and when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, thou hast rightly judged. Amen. Let's go to the Father. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for allowing your servant to return to the podcast. Thank you for Calvary and what it really means to me. Thank you, Lord Father, for leaving your eternal bound word uh, on earth written in a book. We thank you for that. We thank you for your revelation of your word, which is only revealed by thee. And because of what you have revealed, I pray that this audience will be blessed by thee in the understanding of these two debtors. Amen. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Now, as we look into this parable or this particular parable, which is not spoken of in no other gospel, but only in the gospel of Luke. This parable is about a certain creditor that had two debtors that were unable to pay their debt. One owed more than the other, yet the creditor forgave them both. The creditor forgave them both. Now, we need to get the backdrop of why Jesus spoke these parables. 
because he's directing this parable to a Pharisee whose name was Simon, who invited Jesus to come have dinner with him. So I say again, what prompted Jesus to speak this parable and who is referring, who is Jesus referring to as the two debtors? Amen. First of all, let's analyze the scriptures. Amen. As the Holy Spirit revealed, let's look at it for what he said. First of all, Jesus had accepted the invitation to have a meal with one of the Pharisees. So let me say this. Not all Pharisees were bad. They all somewhat seem to have the same motive, but not all of them had the same motive. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, and he didn't have the same motives as the group of Pharisees did. I don't think this particular Pharisee had the same uh, motive as them, for he took time to ask Jesus to come and dine with him. And I thought that was very interesting. Jesus accepted the invitation. And there was a woman of the city, someone who was not invited to the Pharisee's house, and by scripture was referred to as a sinner. She got knowledge that Jesus was at this Pharisee house and came for Jesus, bringing in an alabaster box of ointment. She stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and beginning to wash his feet with her tears. And she wiped them with the hairs on her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Her presence and her actions didn't bother Jesus. Now, we need to focus on that. Here's a woman who wasn't invited but yet came. And yet the things that she did, her presence and her action didn't bother Jesus. But it bothered the Pharisee. He took notice of what was happening and began to question the situation in his thoughts, saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touched him, for she is a sinner. Now, read carefully what the scripture said. He didn't speak this out. He thought upon these things in his heart. In his thoughts, he thought about these things. But Jesus, being who he was, Jesus read his thoughts, which prompted Jesus to respond. So Jesus said to the Pharisees, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master or teacher, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors, one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? This is what prompted this parable. It prompted because Jesus read this man's thoughts. And this man thought lowly of the woman who came in to minister unto Jesus. He thought very lowly of her. And he thought Jesus should have felt the same way as he did about her. But Jesus didn't. So Jesus spoke this parable. Now look how Simon responded to it in verse 43. Simon said, I suppose that he to whom 
he forgave most. And Jesus said, thou hast rightly judged. Now let's stop and think about that a little bit. It wasn't nothing heavy about the parable. It wasn't nothing deep about the parable. It really was a parable that Jesus was speaking, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, to introduce a thought to him. But when he answered Jesus' question about the parable, his answer was based upon common sense. He didn't have to get faith in it to understand it. He didn't have to have the help of the Holy Ghost to understand it. His answer was based on common sense. Now, what Jesus now does, he turns their attention, both him and the Pharisees, to the woman. And I can imagine Jesus pointing at the woman saying, see thou this woman? This woman right here? Don't you see her? I want you to understand something about her, Simon. Let me share something with you. I enter into your house and you gave me no water for my feet. But this woman has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Simon, thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, ceased not to kiss my feet. Simon, my head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman has anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore, I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loveth much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Let's go back now to what he is saying. He is referring, amen, to the actual, uh, Jesus is referring to the parable. He's actually referring to the parable. The woman was the one who owed more debt. And Simon was the one who owed little. Simon may have called the woman a sinner, but the man didn't realize he's a sinner too. They both owe a debt that need to be forgiven of. Amen. I don't care how high we get, but no matter what the situation may be, when it comes to changing the identity of being called a sinner, to now begin called the saint, Jesus must first forgive you of your debt. Amen. You cannot move forward with God until your debt has been forgiven. She had a lot, and the debt was referred to her sin. She had a lot burden on her heart. Now let's look at how she approached. Even though she didn't have the invitation by the Pharisee to come to his house. Yet wherever Jesus is, there is always an invitation to any sinner to come to him, no matter where he may be. Amen. It's the invitation. She was drawn toward Jesus. She heard about him. She was drawn toward Jesus. And yet he didn't reject it. He didn't say, hold on now, don't you see I'm with this man? No, he gave her space because he knew her heart as well. 
She was heavy. She needed compassion. She needed Jesus to forgive her. And Jesus said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. And the man that sat with him says, once again, said within himself, who is this that forgives sins? And Jesus said to the woman, thy faith has saved thee, go in peace. In order for us to have peace with ourselves, as well as peace with God, our debt must be forgiven. Our Lord and Savior Jesus is the creditor. He is the creator of all things. It is to him that we owe the debt to. Oh, let me refer a little bit higher to his heavenly father. God the father is the one to whom we owe the debt. Now, it always bothered me. What debt is he talking about? Even though I know a sin. Well, let's go back to Adam. When God gave Adam the dominion of the world, he also gave him a part of himself because it was in him. It, it was the likeness of God in Adam. But when Adam fell, the glory, the likeness, all that was no longer with Adam. And that caused the debt to begin. That's what caused the debt to become what it was that we owe unto God. In order to be able to be forgiven for Adam's sake and be restored back to what he once used to have, is now the picture for us in our day. God wants to restore us to a place where we have right fellowship with him. And the only way we can get that fellowship is we must be forgiven of our sin. Our debt must be paid. But no man upon the face of this earth had the ability or capability to be able to pay that debt. God seen that. God knew that. But because God so loved us, he sent his son to go to Calvary's cross, to shed the innocent blood. That blood was what it was needed to satisfy the wrath of God for, of coming upon mankind. Now, Jesus already did his part. Jesus already did his part, but now it's up to me and you to do ours. While many want to reject Jesus, they don't want this. They, they think the life of this world is all they have and we got it all going on. But let me tell you something. The parable was about the two debt who couldn't pay it. Now, you may laugh at it about it right now. But you and I know and everybody else know that one day we will die. We know that. Nobody will, will not deny that. But what they don't seem to understand is there is another 
experience of life after the life of this world. The Bible is the only book on earth that can reveal what takes place in the afterlife. People can come up with all sorts of ideas and thoughts about death, but only the Bible can give you the truth about the afterlife. The Bible said it is accounted unto men once to die, but after this is the judgment. Many people don't want to talk about that. They don't want to look at that. Why? Because they fear because of the sin that's in their heart, their conscience, being guilty of all the things they've done. And yet one of the biggest sin is to reject Jesus. If you reject Jesus, who didn't reject the woman, he received the woman. He was pleased by her presence being there. He accepted her worship about him. Amen. She came humbly. And this is an example to us on how we need to come into the presence of our Savior. We need to come humbly. We need to come with a lowliness of heart and spirit, willing to worship. Amen. Pour yourself out. Don't worry about what the other people think about you. Don't worry about what they call you. You remember you came to the Lord Jesus Christ in order to receive something from him. And he's willing to give it to you if you will come seeking it. That is the biggest problem we have in today's society that many people are not seeking Jesus as savior to save them before it's everlasting too late. They may not want to believe about him in this life, but the Bible teaches me when you get to the other side, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to God the Father. Oh, yes, you will say it. Oh, yes, you will bow. Your pride may have you thinking that you're big on this side, but when you die, that pride is no longer there. You go to the other side, and now you face a reality of something you rejected on this side. It is just that simple. The parable of the two debtors. So let me say this in closing. If you are in sin and you realize and recognize, quote unquote, a lot of people will recognize and call, yeah, I know I'm a sinner, but don't take that lightly. Don't take that lightly. You are a sinner born sinner. I was born a sinner. Anybody that came through this life was born a sinner. The Bible speaks about because of Adam fall, all became sinners. It became our nature. It was part of our nature. But now that we come and we recognize that we are sinners, let's not look at that and laugh about it. I know what I am, so I ain't worried about it. But why are you a sinner? What happens to a sinner? What is it about these things that I do that I want to stop, but I can't stop? Well, your answer to all your questions is contained in God's eternal bound word. 
is contained in God's eternal bound word. We got to come to Jesus and ask him for forgiveness. Amen. Fathers, in Jesus' name, we realize, dear Lord God, it didn't take a lot of time to explain this parable, but it was much in it, dear Lord God, that we can be able to uh, learn from it, Lord. Now, it's my heart's desire, dear Lord God, that anyone who listened to this podcast would take the time, dear Lord God, even if it means for them to get alone and start considering how they really are before thee, before it's everlasting too late. The parable makes it very, very plain. And we can't look down upon another person, amen, because they're not like us. But nevertheless, them and us are still sinners in your sight until our debt has been canceled, until our debt has been forgiven. And so, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for willing to die for our sins so that we can be made the righteousness of God in him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God the Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for all that you all have done for me, for all that I can see that you've done for creation. I want to say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.